Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You will have people crying out. I believe you probably will have because you still got your 144,000 Billy Grahams running around evangelizing, communicating hope to people. And so I think people will be turning to the Lord, but but just with people turning to the Lord, even in the midst of all this stuff, there are going to be so many people turning away from the Lord and turning their back. And, and God's going to get the blame. That's the thing. We know this story. If you've ever read Revelation, you understand. Many people become fearful when they hear a message that's based on the book of Revelation. Their minds can conjure up images of strange beings with many heads and legs and fire-breathing dragons. Well, people think it's going to be too late to become a child of God then. However, there's going to be many that will turn to God during those times. But there's also going to be many who will turn away from that acceptance of God. Today, Pastor James explains the many different trials that those who are left will go through during the end times. Now, here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 8 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Isn't that an amazing thing? Even in judgment, yes, there are people getting saved during this time, but by and large, the world is so hostile towards Jesus. And even in the midst of that, he's like, I'm only going to burn up a third of it, and I'm going to save two-thirds of it. That's called grace. <laughs> That's called grace. Because if it was us in his position, I think we'd be like, the whole thing gone. Like, just light it up, right? Like, let's just, why give him seven years? Why give them seven years? Hit the switch, reset in an instant. Well, that's not grace. That's not grace. So it's a third. A third of the trees on this planet, that's a ton of trees. That's going to affect all kinds of things concerning our climate, but also our oxygen levels, I would assume, would take a hit. You can't lose a third of your trees on this planet and not suffer some sort of effect upon your oxygen levels. I mean, that's a lot of trees. And there is no green grass, which means, so if there's no green grass, that's going to affect your food supplies that is produced on this dry land. Everything, everything is going to get impacted during these trumpet blasts. So the dry land gets hit, trees are burned up, all the grass is gone, that beautiful yard we've all been working for, right? But you can imagine, even here, in a tropical climate, no green grass. No green grass. It's gone. It's gone. And what we, on the island anyways, we're, we're just left with sand, because that's all we have anyways, right? But it's all gone. That's a physical, uh, there's a physical ramifications behind that and all that good stuff. Here's the other thing that we don't really think too much about. When you look outside and you see green, what that communicates to you and to your brain is life, life, okay? So I can look out there right now, I can see a window and I see green grass. And what that means to me, what that communicates to me is health, life, right? Green, it's growing, it's alive, it's doing what it's supposed to do. 
But there will come a day when you look out a window and what once was life, what once was productive, is now dead. It's just dead. And that's going to have an effect psychologically on, on individuals as well. Okay? There's a multifaceted type of impact that takes place when these trumpets uh, are blasted. Okay? The second one, verse 8, it says that the second angel blew his trumpet, and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. And one-third of the water in the sea became blood. One-third of all living things in the sea died, and one-third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. Now, what is the sea? Is it the Mediterranean Sea? Because that's where John was. And anytime they reference the sea, they're generally always talking about the Mediterranean Sea. Is this what he sees? Is this, the, is this the only body of water that gets affected by this mountain-type thing that gets cast into it? I don't know. I mean, it says all. And so uh, now all doesn't always mean all, okay? Now, I know you hear that said. That's not true. All doesn't always mean all, okay? It just doesn't. But let's, so let's just assume that this takes place in the Mediterranean Sea. That would be, even on that small of a scale, that's cataclysmic. That is absolutely cataclysmic. That affects um, three continents directly. And not only three, not only three continents, but three of some of the most populous regions of our planet are all affected by, even if it's just the Mediterranean Sea. You tell me a third of the food supply is wiped out of the Mediterranean Sea, lots of people are going to starve. That's going to affect a ton of people. I believe this is more of a global type thing. I can understand the argument of the sea, and that's the Mediterranean Sea and all that good stuff. I think that this is going to have an effect on the entire planet itself, because the logic behind that is well, why would God focus all of his judgment and wrath just on this one geographic area when it's the entire world who has turned their back towards him? And actually, if, well, we'll see not too long from now, but they've actually come together to fight against him. I'm of the persuasion that I, I think it's bigger than just the Mediterranean Sea, which, you know, just it magnifies it just that much more. A third of the, of the animals of the sea, they're gone. I mean, you can imagine what that would be like. The smell would be just horrible, just rancid. We always envision just like, you know, little fish, you know, like the minnows and some of these other little school fish kind of things. They're all floating up on the surface. No, we're talking about like whales and sharks and dolphins and giant squids and whatever else may be living in that thing that is too big for us to even explore floating on the surface. Because I don't care how big the body of water is, when you have a third of its life that has been killed, you're going to see it. You're going to notice it. You're going to smell it. That's another thing of food shortage, right? So a third of the land has been burned up. And so it's like, well, so we can't get food from outside from the, from the dry land, so we'll just go to the seas. Well, yeah, tough luck, because the second trumpet just hit that one. And I would, I would say to, to bear in mind as well that all during this time, you already have somewhat of a food shortage going on with the plagues and pestilence and famines and all that stuff. And then you got this thing of like, you know, this mark of the beast where 
listen, if you want to buy something, you have to have take this mark. And if you don't want to take this mark, then, well, you're, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. And, oh, by the way, a, a loaf of bread is going to cost you a full day's wage. Unless you're rich, then you can have the oil and the wine and all that good stuff, right? So you already have that's happening. That's like been playing out in the whole scenario. And now it's like food shortages is getting cut off. We know what that's like with toilet paper, right? Like, that's silly. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. The shortage of toilet paper. That's dumb. Imagine when it's food. Imagine when it's like, and we've gotten close to that type of stuff. Imagine when it's food and all the food supplies are not just being they're not just being tapped out because people are hoarding. They're, being, they're just being decimated. Imagine how desperate people are going to get. Imagine how chaotic and crazy people will get then. Tearing down statues and all that stuff is going to be nothing compared to the anarchy and the chaos when people can't find food. And not only that, if you get a third of the Earth's land that's been burned up and everything, I'm just going to assume that a lot of your power is going out as well. A lot of your electrical is going to be going out as well. Oh, yeah, and you think you're safe on the water. No, you're not. Because look at this. I mean, it just keeps going, right? Third angel blew his trumpet, and a great flaming star fell out of the sky, burning like a torch, and it fell on one-third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Wormwood, or bitterness is literally what that means. It made one-third of water bitter. And many people died because the water was so bitter. So, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just one crazy thing after another, and it's no more food. And then it's food from the dry lands, and, and your wheat, and your barley, and, and every, all the crops, and all that stuff. And then it's also the food that you can, well, at least we got the oceans. Well, no, you don't have the oceans. You might have some of the oceans, but the other two-thirds of the animals that survived, they're now out food supply too. So, I mean, it's going to, you know, it's going to get crazy on, on all sorts of levels. And then the one thing you thought was safe, well, at least we have water. You know what would be, what could be, nothing can ever be added to this, but the one thing that probably would get most people's attention, because these are, somehow, we have a way of rationalizing out all this stuff. Like if I remember, yeah, I don't ever remember anybody telling me about Revelation, but if, I'm, if I came to this book as a non-believer, I'd be like, well, I'm sure we can figure something out. I'm sure we can figure something out. You add a little like thing in there, and be like, yeah, but what about Wi-Fi? Whoa, no, no Wi-Fi. No, that really is a tribulation period, right? Like, sadly... That would be like the deal breaker for a lot of people. Like, no internet? No Wi-Fi? Are you kidding me? How's my cell phone going to work? Yeah, your cell phone's not going to work. Good luck. I'm sorry, but if these things are falling from our atmosphere, a star, you know, well, maybe that's a comet. Maybe that's some sort of fallout because it's nuclear war, because that's a very real possibility. That's a very real possibility. It's going to be madness. And things that people once found you know, sought out for comfort, it's all being taken away. It's all being taken away. Right down to water. I listened to this podcast and this, at the beginning of this whole COVID pandemic, and this guy's a survivalist. And his, his whole thought on this thing was like, toilet paper's gone. He's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. People have survived without toilet paper for 
thousands of years, literally. It's, we're going to be okay. He says, but imagine if it was electricity that went out. Imagine if it was electricity. Imagine if food supplies were actually decimated. Imagine if water supplies were cut off. He's like, that's what I would be afraid of. This is a guy's a survivalist. I don't think he, I don't know if he's a believer or anything like that, but he's got like barrels of beans in his garage, right? Like just in case for when the, you know, the end of the world is happening and all that stuff and you can't find food. It's like he, his, his thought process on all this stuff is like, man, it, I can't even imagine what it would be like if you don't have access to water and electricity and food supplies. He's like, it will go nuts. The world will go nuts. And here we are in Revelation reading through this, and it's like, yeah, that's really going to happen. It's going to happen. There's no dodging this. There's no getting away. The only way out, the only way out, and we know that, is through faith in Jesus Christ. There will be a way out for individuals to a certain extent during the tribulation because people can get saved during that time, but man, it's going to be rough. And there's still one more trumpet, at least in this chapter. We've got three more to go after this one, but there'll be another pause for the seventh one. It says, the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark. And one-third of the day was dark, and one-third of the night also. Like, that's, I mean, it's it just... It's the dry land, it's the seas, it's the fresh water, and now it's the sun, the moon, and the stars. One-third of the stars. How many stars are there? I don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, there's guesses, but even the guesses, they would, you know, they, they joke about that because they're like, oh, we, there's, no way we, there's no way we can know. But a third of whatever that number is, they go out. What, what would that look like? I mean, a third of the sun, like that's a, that's a pretty major thing. You get a, like one of those solar flares, right? And that kind of messes up people's day, right? That can mess up your cell phone reception and all that good stuff. Like they can cause some damage. A third of the sun, something happens to it. Something happens. It's struck. A third of the moon, struck. A third of the stars. It all equates to just darkness. It all equates to darkness extended darkness on this planet. You can, you can just see how things are escalating. Food supply is getting knocked out. Water supply is getting knocked out. And now, like, the amount of daylight that you have in any given day has been diminished. And we know what that's like. There's something eerie about total darkness. There just is. And the world will be experiencing absolute, like, pitch black darkness. It's, incre it, it's, just, it's, it's incredible that even in the midst of all of this, that's only the fourth trumpet, even in the midst of all of this, you will have people crying out. I believe you probably will have, because you still got your 144,000 Billy Grahams running around evangelizing, communicating hope. To people. And so I think people will be turning to the Lord, but, but just with people turning to the Lord, even in the midst of all this stuff, there are going to be so many people turning away from the Lord and turning their back. And, and God's going to get the blame. That's the thing. We know this story. If you've ever read Revelation, you understand 
ultimately what you get to is basically humanity pointing their finger at God saying, it's your fault. All of this stuff is happening because of you, God. So hostile, so bitter, that even in the midst of it all, and they're seeing angels fly in the skies. There's an angel that's flying just nonstop in the sky, proclaiming just all these good things. And, and there's undeniable things, undeniable things that God is real and that God exists and that God loves people. And even in the end of it all, they're still just pointing their finger at him saying, it's all your fault. And then they actually think they can beat him. They think, we'll, get, we'll just get our armies together and we'll kill God. That's, that's this mindset, which is just crazy. It's, it's crazy. Look at this last little verse here in chapter 8. So then I looked up. This is John. I looked up and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air. Terror, 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 or whoa, 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 to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. Like, this blows my mind. Like, the world is experiencing some very traumatic events right now. And then all of a sudden, there is this it's called, a, there's an, ing, an eagle that is flying through the, the sky, the atmosphere. And is it a real eagle or is it an angel that kind of has an appearance that looks like an eagle or whatever? I don't really know. But all I know is this. This thing will be flying through the atmosphere, proclaiming this message to the world saying, hey, if you think it's bad now, there's three more trumpets to go. There's three more trumpets to go. Like, what should be used is like, you know, a New Living Translation, terror, terror, terror. Your translation may be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You would think the people of this world, the people who belong to this world, not just humans, it's talking about people who are united to this world, this worldly mindset, the way that this world functions, you think that they would be saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where do I sign up? Like, how do I, I give up. Here's my white flag. Like, I'm waving this white flag. I surrender. But no. You got this eagle flying through the air, and it's saying, it's going to get really bad. It's going to get really bad. So all this really just to make us Christians to, you know, you can take it, you can take it in two different ways. You can be like, woo, man, praise God I won't be there. Not my problem, right? Which is not the best attitude to have, right? I mean, yes, that's true. Praise God, it's not your problem. You, you know, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But we do have compassion because you can't help but read through some of these chapters and your heart and your mind go to maybe a certain person or certain, it doesn't even always have to be people. I just think of humanity and I'm like, oh God, like, man, Lord, I, that breaks my heart. Like to think that people would be going through this and, and they would, and not only that they would be going through this, but they would still just reject you. That crushes my heart. So it's, it, it is, it's saddening at times, but I think it also is, it's, it's a thing of, you know, it could be a sobering truth as well, for, especially for us as believers, to where it's like, man, 
you know what I deserve? I deserve Revelation chapter 8 in my life. That's really what I deserve. I deserve to have to go through it. But that's not what the gospel is. The gospel is like, yeah, you deserve this, but you don't have to go through it. I'm going to snatch you out of this. I'm going to pull you away from this. Why? Well, because I love you and because I died on the cross for you. You said yes. You've given your life to me. You placed your faith and trust in me. You're following me. It's a beautiful thing. It's an absolute beautiful thing. And I think that really is a, a good mindset to have as you go through Revelation to where it's not like, I'm glad. I'm like, I don't want to experience any of this stuff. Like, I'm not crazy, okay? But there's also another side of me where it's like, man, Lord, I know that there's not a person on this planet who deserves to go through this any more than I do. You know, praise God that he has saved us. Praise God he has rescued us. And I hope and I pray that going through some of these difficult chapters is what motivates us to be interceding on behalf of others and just praying like, Lord, I don't know where so-and-so stands with you, but if this all goes down tomorrow, right? And then we know the time frame doesn't, this may be like three and a half years into the story, okay? Who knows? I mean, there's good thoughts that this could be like approaching the halfway point. I mean, it, it seems like it's going fine. I don't know how when you look at the timeline, but three and a half years of quote unquote peace. And then you got three and a half years of what, you know, the, the best term to describe that is it's, it's literally, it's hell on earth. So maybe we're at that point in time, but I just pray, I, as you guys do as well, I just pray for, for loved ones, for friends, men who are not connected to the Lord, who don't know the Lord at all. And I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want this to be a reality for them. And so we, that's why, you know, we pray, like, Lord, save them. Lord, I pray that you would save them. Ultimately, we can, even looking at this chapter, we can, we can always take a step back and say, you know what, Lord, I don't even always understand this, but, but I trust you. But I trust you. These are hard pills to swallow sometimes, you know, but this is the benefit of going through a book chapter by chapter and verse by verse, because you get to see the whole scenario play out. Because if you only picked Revelation chapter 8, you wouldn't tell anybody to be like, hey, you know what you should do? You should just read Revelation chapter 8, right? If, especially if they don't know the Lord, they'd be like, wait, wait, is this, is this talking about me? Like, what's, no, you would say, read the whole book of Revelation. Because you want them to see the context of like, look, you have, what you start off with is Jesus showing up in chapter 1. He shows up again in chapter 5, the, the lamb who was slain. And there's a whole, it, it makes perfect sense. And you see like this, humanity and how angry and, and hostile and anti-God humanity can be. You can walk away from a Revelation chapter 8, even though it's a, it seems like a bummer of a chapter, right? You're like, a third of this, a third of that, and a third of these, and oh my goodness. You know what? You can still praise Jesus after a Revelation chapter 8. You still can. You still can. And you still should, because he's in control. He's in absolute control, and there'll be a day when we're with him, and the ultimate light bulb goes off in all of our heads where we're like, oh, oh, I get it. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, that was a much better plan than I had. I was just going to squash everybody at once. Like, that was my suggestion to you many times, Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I know, that was a bad plan. He's like, but look what happens. Look what happens when it plays out like this. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So be encouraged by that. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken 
Jesus is like a fresh wind blowing through a winterized, closed-up cabin that's musty and devoid of company. He changes everything, eliminating the cobwebs that so easily entangle. And as we learn from the book of Revelation, it will one day be the same with this old, sin-filled world that we live in. Everything will be different, and it's going to be better because that's what Jesus does. Today's message isn't the only one that Pastor James Grizzle has taught. To hear others like this one, make sure you go to breadforthebroken.com for more. You know, Satan wants nothing more than to distract you from spending time in God's Word. The question is, will you disappoint him? Will you continue to seek ways to grow closer to Jesus? We hope that today's message has blessed and inspired you. We can't know what season of life you're in, but we trust that Jesus spoke to your heart today through this message, and we hope that you'll be back for more. Would you like to help spread the good news of Jesus? A donation of any size would help us. We're so thankful for those that would support us financially. Find more information at breadforthebroken.com. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Galveston, Texas. Pastor James Grizzle and everyone here is anxious to meet you. So feel free to come either Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. We hope to see you soon. We're just a group of people who are laid back and desire to magnify Jesus at all ages. Be assured there's something here for you too. Come back again for more on Revelation right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.